would argue that those were actually superior prospect prosthetic titties. Jesus, I can't say prosthetic anymore. They were superior prosthetic titties to the ones we saw in, say, Total Recall. You're completely right, and that is also a trivia point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanti Show Torture Cinema! No plot, only titties. <laughs> okay, as far as as far as taglines, I also was thinking like tits, ass, and swords, like anything involving like those combinations of items, because there's plenty of all of that in this movie. <laughs> well, you assigned it to me, and that's what you fucking get, Duke. I appreciate it. No, I'm so glad that you referenced you referenced the titties because that is important to the way that this whole episode's gonna go. So I'm Sean. I'm Alex. <laughs> and on today's show, we will tell you what we're drinking and discuss 1984's The Warrior and the Sorceress, potentially one of the greatest Roger Corman produced films ever made, which our <laughs> patron supporters selected because they're absolute monsters, and in this case, they are in fact absolute Jesus. monsters. <laughs> Good lord. You you bastards. We know who to fight. They voted for this. They had other options. And as always, you may have heard a new voice because we have a guest this time. This is longtime friend of the show and author extraordinaire, Mike Martinez or Michael J. Martinez, depending on how you want to go about it. Welcome. As long as you don't call me things that I would call this film, that's fine. Uh, Michael J. Martinez is the pen name. That's the fancy Amazon name. But hi. Well, this is going to be fun. Mike, are you prepared? I, I am prepared. I, I'm angry that I saw this film, but I am absolutely prepared to give some sort of summation of this. I believe that's the next step. No, for, first, we're going to talk about our alcohol because... Well, we'll get to it. Don't worry, Mike. You'll have your moment to There's shine. There's not enough alcohol. <laughs> There's not. Oh, God. I mean, I, I feel like anger is the only appropriate reaction to what we've all been subjected to. It was definitely an experience, to say the least. So was having my wisdom teeth out when I wasn't put under general anesthesia. That, too, was an experience. Well, it's an accurate description. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But before we get to what we're drinking, our summary and our painful review of this film, a friendly reminder that we want to hear from you. Share your comments with us about this and past episodes at skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. We want to put together a listener mailbag episode with your thoughts, questions, topic suggestions, and more. So get those thoughts in. And on that note, what are you drinking, Mike? Well, I mean, my fiance and I are going to have a baby next week. Very excited about that. So I'm not drinking anything because if little Arabella decides to come early, I don't want to be shit-faced. I think that's kind of, you know, very adult of me. So I'm drinking ginger ale. If I had my preference, I mean, this movie doesn't deserve anything other than Mad Dog, Night Train, rubbing alcohol. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite cocktails is something that Chuck Wendig posted, which is, I just call it the Wendig just because it's his. But it's like two parts apple juice, two parts bourbon, one part ginger liqueur, one part lemon juice. It's really good. So there's your recipe. Go make that cocktail thank chuck because you know he's really good with that nice so what i'm drinking is a delicious beer it is called a colorado native and it is made with olathe sweet corn which is not to be confused with olathe which is in kansas boo hiss but actually olathe is down by black canyon and they have fucking amazing corn which has been coming into the grocery stores for like the last couple weeks and we've been having so much corn it's been so good unlike this movie Nice. What are you drinking, Sean? Well, my comically large glass, which is really for beer, but I wanted something that I could sufficiently dilute what I'm consuming because otherwise I would be in pain. And you will notice while I'm drinking this because they're watching me with video, I have started pinching my nose while I drink because what's in this has been causing problems because I'm not drinking with the straw, which I realize is my fatal mistake because this is a spicy ouzo mule. Ooh. It has my own Mm -hmm. habanero-infused vodka, which I made in-house. The vodka I didn't, but the habanero infusion I did. 
with some regular vodka and then ouzo, and then a little bit of lime juice, ginger ale, and a little bit of uh, grapefruit juice and ice. And it is fucking amazing. But the problem is that I let my habanero-infused vodka steep a little too long, and so anytime a bubble hits my nostril, it's like habanero up all the way through. And I don't have a straw because I didn't think this through. So somehow I'm going to finish this today. But there's actually not as much alcohol in here as you'd think. But I'm still going to be in varying degrees of pain because this is going to burn the whole time. He says that, but we have no way of telling. Not like this movie. No. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this means it is time to get to the main affair of the show. We said what we're drinking. It's now time for our guest, Mike, to tell us. What is the warrior and the sorceress about? Yes, do tell us. What was it about? Because I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm still asking myself uh, ever since I saw it last night. Ostensibly, the warrior and the sorceress uh, made in 1994, looks like it was made in 1964, is the story of a village. A village that has a camp of two different clans, tribes, uh, gathering of idiots. Uh, led by two equally incompetent, but in their own special ways, uh, petty tyrants. Into the midst of this walks a lone swordsman. In the credits, he's named Kane. He's played by David Carradine, and it's such a ripoff of Kung Fu, it's not even funny. But they don't actually call him Kane. They just call him the Dark One or the Wanderer. What they don't call him is what he actually is, which is low-rent Luke Skywalker. Anyway, low-rent Luke Skywalker comes in, and the main point of contention in this village is that there's a well. It's the only source of water for these two clans. And one clan is sitting there, the clan belonging to the strangely named Zeg the Tyrant. I would have a lot of Napoleonic issues if I was named Zeg. So his guys are sitting around that well guarding it. And then there's another guy... um, and I keep forgetting his name. I want to call him Ben Gay, but that's not it. Um, Bal's, Balkaz. Balkaz is the other guy who is basically just a sadly rotund man in diapers most of the time. I don't know how he actually can control a clan or warriors. Uh, he doesn't look like he's, you know, honestly, like, all there. Warrior comes in, pits one of the two tribes off against each other, along with a band of slavers. There is a sorceress. Um, and like every woman in this film, distinctly unclothed, trying to have eyes for the sorceress, who has, who who doesn't. She gets traded around like basically baseball cards. Kane pits them against each other. All of them die. The sorceress does manage to make a magic sword, which actually doesn't seem to do much except chop through an anvil at one point. Doesn't glow, doesn't do much else. And everybody dies except for the villagers who are wearing the extra uniforms from the Jawas and Star Wars. Except for the women, of course, who don't get clothes. And then, with a renewed purpose, the once holy warrior Kane, Lou Brett, and Luke Skywalker wanders off to fight more injustices. That's basically the movie. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely more than I got out of the movie, because I think my brain just stopped functioning about the time, I don't know, Lou Brett, Luke Skywalker was like, give me fake made-up money and the guy was like we're now going to haggle well this weird i want tarax puppet give me all the tarax talks Wh- what to is me. money yeah. what is money i want a hundred tarax no i want half the weight of a slave tarax give me all the tarax why what you buy with tarax can you buy water no you can't buy shit with tarax but i want tarax give me all the tarax I mean, honestly, it's like, what? what is this economy based on if they can't actually have water to drink? I, I don't know. Uh, all the gold in the world isn't going to help you. How did you make weapons and swords if you have no water to temper the steel? I, I mean, look, we're looking for sense and logic in a movie there. It doesn't exist. There is none. Like, the world building in this is, like, the laziest shit ever. I mean, just the very premise of the movie is some lazy shit. It's a bunch of villagers around one well that can clearly, all of them can consume. And they're all at odds with a gang of slavers who look like mutant dog people. And instead of just saying, you know what, maybe we could kind of like work together. We all get to enjoy the well and we can stop the slavers, which are clearly a threat to our power. They're just like, no, we're going to fight each other because Balsack and, and Zeg the Tyrant all are just like angry at each other because they have some pent up like romance going on that they just don't want to fulfill. I don't know what their deal is, but they need help. Yeah, I mean, 
What, oh, there's the lizard. There's the freaking lizard thing that like yeah, speaks no, the ball sack. Yeah, I mentioned it was like his puppet. And also, I, I, I feel like one important plot point that has been left out is not only is there a water shortage in this this sad world that where it's just one set, set that is from the local Renfest, but there's obviously a, a desperate cloths shortage because none of the women get to wear anything other than bikini bottoms. It's very concerning. Can you imagine the amount of titty sunburn that these people have in a desert? It's a lot. This film was written by a 12-year-old discovering puberty for the first time. And it is a misogynistic piece of crap. Uh, oh yeah on so many I levels mean, and it's also just poorly written poorly edited I, I am i going on too soon i feel like oh, we're no. just cutting to the chase no, no, here. No, no. I'm we're, sorry. we're fine it's it's totally fine uh, you are not wrong by the way that this film was basically created by a 12 year old discovering puberty well john c broderick who is one of the writers and the director of this film was probably not literally 12. Mentally, he certainly was, because apparently David Carradine has said that the reason the main actress, Maria Sokas, spends the entire film basically buck naked with the exception of a little bit of cloth like around her neck and her most most southern nether bits is entirely because John C. Broderick really thought she was hot and just wanted her to be topless like the entire fucking movie. There wasn't, like, any other reason other than he just wanted to see some titties. That's it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I had a feeling that's wow. what was going on when, you know, Laurent Luke Skywalker freed the plot point well from whoever was holding it, and immediately everybody rushed it and was, like, taking water out of it. And then, out of nowhere, three women wearing almost nothing sprang up onto the, the poles that hold up the sunshade and started, like, pole dancing. And I was just like, really? That's... Really? That was the weirdest thing, and that just let me know right there that we were not in for simply a bad movie. We were in for a deeply, deeply angering film. That that this got made and people put their names there. Uh, you know, I mean, mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. It's kind of wild that this film got made the way that it got made, and yet here we are watching a Roger Corman produced terrible sword and sorcery film from the era in which he made 10 he produced 10 such increasingly terrible films from this era and so i ask you roger corman what were you thinking <laughs> what was going through your mind when you made this was he just high for the entire decade like i think so he must have been. I mean, it's not like he invested much in this film because the acting is horrible. The writing is atrocious. The sets look like they're made out of the cheapest cardboard possible. The music, cheap. I think I could swear. I could swear that the music, I've heard it before. Like they just cut and pasted it from other films. It feels like the music was like the, the guy who was told to make the music, like got very different director's <laughs> notes about what kind of movie it was. Cause it starts and it's very clearly like a Sergio Leone, like Western. And then there's like right. very like grand, like it's almost dragon heart fantasy moments. And then there's like Mad Max music at one point. It's like, it's all over. Like, don't get me wrong. I liked the music. It's just does it doesn't belong in this film, right? The only music that fits is the beginning music when he's just wandering in the desert. It's like, okay, that's appropriate music for this moment. But then anytime they have like big fanfare music, it's totally off kilter from anything going on in this in the movie. Well, and, and and everyone needs to understand when we're talking about music, we're we're talking about what was put together by a man with one keyboard. Like it, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it is a one man band on a synthesizer. That's all it is. Okay. We got to get to actually get talking about specific things for the film. And given that we all definitely don't like this, we're going to start with likes and end with dislikes. So Mike, as our lovely guest, what is your like for this movie? Good luck. I actually have two. Hot damn. My 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 first like was that thank God this movie was only an hour and seventeen minutes long, including credits. <laughs> You're wrong. That You're is right. a valid like. That that is often a like that I use at times like this. Yeah, it's mercilessly short. Mercifully or I mer mean, you know, it actually I, I I don't even know if like added cinematic time to kind of fill in the holes of exposition that somehow were omitted from the script would have helped. No, no. So I'm just glad that we didn't have to find that out. Because I don't think the exposition would have helped. It could have actually hurt. So short. Good job. 
If if you had given this man extra extra minutes, he would have just filled it with titties. Like, well, it turns out that by the way, the thing and open the titty hatch. The director got in a very heated argument with Roger Corman and basically quit the movie <laughs> during editing, and so Roger Corman had to edit this. So there may very well have been <laughs> a lot of extra titties. <laughs> Because there were a lot of titties in this movie. So many. So many. Including, oddly enough, a four-pack on one person. (laughs) No, no, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) That's my life. Please, continue, because I want to know how you could like that. But I respect that you do. Tell us why you love the quad pack, Alex. Go for it. So, I want to say that the prosthetic... (laughs) I think I know where you're going. I don't disagree. (laughs) The the prosthetic titties on the lady with the the four pack um, were actually shockingly good. Uh, I was impressed by them. It was only, like, during close-ups that you could tell they were not jiggling quite correctly. <laughs> and I would argue that those were actually superior prospe- prosthetic titties. Jesus, I can't say prosthetic anymore. They were superior prosthetic titties to the ones we saw in, say, Total Recall. You're completely right. And that is also a trivia point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There are two. There are two trivia points that aren't really about this movie so much as people's opinions about the quality of the quadruple titties in this movie. One of which is specifically about Total Recall and how they are, by comparison, anatomically correct. Which I don't know how you determine that because there are no humans born with four four breasts as a as a regular recurrence that we could measure against. And then the no, other one yeah. is just a, one person's discussion about how much they liked that there was a a four-breasted human and how that was just correct within the concept of biology in some weird way which involved like talking about like some rule about how in in mammals you have as many I guess breasts as as double to the number of uh, babies that you could typically have in a in a quote unquote litter. I don't get it, but like they went on for like a full paragraph explaining their theory of why why humans typically only have two breasts. So so the listeners can't see what my face <laughs> is doing right now, but it's it's not good. It's not good. What my face is doing. I mean the fa- it's not it, which is why you never read the posts, the messages, the trivia because somebody really thought way too hard about oh yeah four packs on a single person and <laughs> just the lady with four boobs can we we need to talk about the context of this this character <laughs> i want character in quotes <laughs> yeah character in quote like she never i i don't think she ever even actually speaks yet she appears on the fucking poster because i i googled this thing to see what i was getting into and i was like why does that woman have four boobs and then I waited almost the whole movie to find out. And I still don't know why she had four boobs other than just, I don't know. I know way more about, like, the sexual fantasies of this director than I ever <laughs> wanted to know right? about anyone. If you looked at the poster for this movie, you would get an impression of a very different movie. Because, for one, the David Carradine character on the movie poster is ripped. Almost, you might argue, Arnold Schwarzenegger ripped. And in the movie, he is almost... I don't think we see most of his body. Except for an unfortunate angle on his ass once or twice. You know, that loincloth was I not mean, doing favor. I mean, he's got, like, nice quads. That man has not skipped leg day. Fair. So, you know, sure. good for him. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, if I wanted to give you, like, my exceptionally shady like, I'd say... I mean, I'm really glad to see a movie that recalls a time before we expected all male stars to adhere to an unrealistic standard of masculine beauty. I think that's fair. Anyway, but back to the lady with the four pack. So the context in which she shows up is for some reason, Kane is like at a feast with Zeg and like she shows up to do like a strip dance and gyrate everywhere with her her four pack, mostly jiggling appropriately. And then she like gets on the table and like gets close to him and kind of you know is trying to get him to put like a dollar into her waistband or something. And then 
I'm not entirely certain what happened next. I actually watched the scene several times because I was trying to figure it out. But I think some kind of like scorpion deer or snake like leaped out of her bathing suit region and attacked him. It's a scorpion which dick. Was, <laughs> I, I was honestly very surprised. Um, And and really, I think if, if then we want to step back and look at the gender narrative, then it is perhaps more queer than I expected. So, you know, there we go. It definitely comes out of fucking nowhere, though. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Wind it back. Yeah, it it this Zeg was going to use the Dark One, Low Rent Luke Skywalker, to further his evil schemes, but then he's going to sick the Scorpion Dick four pack woman on him. I mean, look, I, I, again, we're not expecting sense out of this, and she, and you know, I you're right. I mean, she was packing a Scorpion Dick, and that's kind of cool. Maybe at least it, it, it's the most interesting thing in the film. Oh, agreed. Jeff, who was there for the live watch was very upset that there's this interesting, very, you know, human-adjacent person that's in this movie who has four breasts, a scorpion dick, and also does, like, you know, exotic dance. And yet, that's the only time we see this character. We get nothing else. She doesn't else. have a name. She didn't have a name. And he just, like, fucking chokes her out, like, on the table. And his like... point was that in a world... Like this one, in which we already know that people who look different from from traditional humans, right? We've got sort of dog-faced guys and some the the two fools who look kind of like they have giant noses and they're kind of weird looking, right? Yeah, you was... would think, you would think that he might have heard about four-breasted scorpion dick people. Because presumably there have been others, right? This is such a big deal. But apparently... It was a shock to everybody except Zeg and his his second in command that there was a four-breasted scorpion dick lady. It, it's so strange. Like it's just like that he just like was like he was playing like cards against humanity for like weird fantasy tropes that nobody thought to come up with and was just throwing them at, at the wall and hoping stuff would stick. It's just bizarre. That's that is a good word for it. But anyway, the prosthetics were pretty good. That they were bad. They were. They were. I mean, somebody actually put some thought into that. Yeah, they they did a great job ma- matching her skin tone. Like, yeah, I did. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. When we were watching this, I was like, you know, I would really like some good close-ups where she just kind of. I want to know, like, like how much effort because she was moving, right? So you couldn't quite see them really well. And I was like, how well did they really do these? Because. You know, that's a lot of effort and time to have to sit there and have them attach two extra breasts to your body. You'd want them to at least look good. I, 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 okay, I will say having, I watched the scene and then I actually called Karina down to watch the scene again because I was like, it's the lady with the four boobs. This is apparently the only time we're going to get to see her. So you got to see this. I mean, our, our verdict was basically when she was upright and dancing, they looked great. When she was like gyrating on the table, like not as, that, not that, as good. They, yeah. The angle didn't look as good because you could tell they were not like appropriately, um, they did not have the right fluid properties. <laughs> Fair point. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> didn't know you were signing up for this for this podcast, did you? I didn't know I was signing up for this movie, and yet here I am. So this is how much I love y'all. <laughs> yep. Anytime Alex is on, there is an increased chance that we're going to talk about genitals. Okay. So <laughs> genitals are things adjacent to You talk to about them. pegging Mr. Darcy once, and then you, you're suddenly the dick guy. I don't know. Okay, we did talk about <laughs> dick-related objects in two subsequent episodes, including a 25-minute conversation about dildos at the Mall of America. So, <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, guess what I'm listening Sorry, to Mike. later. <laughs> yeah. This show is not clean. It is not for children. And we have given up on making torture cinema anything otherwise. <laughs> That's wise. That's wise. I think it's my turn. Yes. What did you actually like turn. about this thing? Everything I I was thought it was gonna like, it ruined. I thought I was gonna like the lizard lady, and then it ruined it. And then I thought, oh well, maybe there'll be some good sword fighting. No, that was ruined. Uh, <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> I thought there'd be. Oh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassingly bad. A baby with a butter knife would have gone better. Honestly, anything would have gone better in this film. Uh, and so I, I gotta tell you, it's really difficult for me to find anything else in this movie to like, except that I did not entirely hate Anthony DeLongis as Keith 
which is a terrible name. Why did he let them name him Keith? Uh, as Keith Zeg's captain, because actually, oh, the shirtless guy. The shirtless guy. I, I wondered what his name his was. His name was Keith with an F, because that's what you name your kid when you're in a fantasy world called Ura. Yeah, and and part of the reason I liked him is a he was not totally terrible despite the fact that but at this point in his career he was not primarily known as an actor he was in fact the stunt coordinator for the entire movie and there would be a reason for why that will sound really questionable for a film we just made fun of for not having great sword fights we'll get back to that in a hot minute but anthony delongas i thought came off as an asshole very well he obviously was very fit he could in fact punch a dude in the face and make him cry and i you know he's kind of kind of handsome so I'll give him a little credit there. In a kind of a porn star, 80s porn star kind of way, like mustache, yeah. perfectly feathered hair. I mean, like this is the epitome. A of little oily. Late 70s, early 80s hair. Enough canola oil all over him to fry up nice. I mean, it's just was, seriously, if there was just sex in this movie, it actually would have been a decent porno. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like. Oh my god, that is literally what Karina said to me, where she was like, if they just had sex, it would have been a better movie. As it is, you just have men walking around, a couple of them shirtless. Thankfully, the men who should not have been shirtless remained with their shirts on. Sadly, no women actually were seemingly allowed clothes um, on the on the set of this film, and, but that's the extent of it. And then just really bad sword fighting and just the... The props, the costumes, the special effects were all hand-me-downs, I think. It was like the, the Lucasfilm garage sale. <laughs> I mean, it was basically like, like if they if, if, if we reimagine this movie as like an actual, like a porn film, it would basically just be like porn in somebody's terrible D&D setting. Yeah. Actually, that's my second like. That was your second like? <laughs> That this is oh, no. this is your someone's D and D setting? No, 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 no. It's that, and, and actually, that's I actually have a third like now. The second like is that. So I've done critiques for World Builders, um, the charity, which I'm now on the board. So let me take this quick moment to say, donate to World Builders. They do fantastic things. Uh, Worldbuilders.org. So I auctioned off a critique every year, and one year, some sixteen year old's parents. Uh, got a critique of his writing and, and you know, won, won my critique. And the kid's super excited. It's based on his D&D campaign. What I like about this film is that it is exponentially far worse than this kid's raw but somewhat talented work. And so it gives me hope. And if you're listening, kid, I hope you know that if this piece of shit film can get made, you've got a shot. Because your writing was far better than something that actually was made in Hollywood. So you go, you crazy dreamer. You go. That's what this film can do. Shine on, you crazy diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then I want to know what your actual third like is, because now I'm just fascinated. You just have a very sunny outlook. (laughs) So, you know, my, my fiance and I have been together throughout the lockdown and COVID. Living together, working, you know, side by side, you know, everything else. and and. With all of that said, she watched this film voluntarily with me, and our relationship survived it. So we can do anything. We will be in it for the long run. And she still loves me. She said so today. I checked. <laughs> Aww, that's so cute. I am not going to ask an inappropriate question about how many boobs she has, but I want <laughs> <laughs> He put his fingers up for that one. We won't tell Just the two. listeners how many Just he put two. up. <laughs> Perfectly normal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize as a human being that that, that it even crossed my I mind. I respect the I'm hell so out sorry. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, I just don't. I, I feel like I if if God wanted there to be more boobs, he would have given us more hands. He, we would be fucking Goro. Right? Like, from Mortal Kombat. If if there were supposed to be four breasts, like, we would be Goro so we could have... Because otherwise, like, I just don't understand. Like... But at that point, why don't like cats and dogs have more than four limbs? It's it's because you actually understand what boobs are for. Well, yeah, Sean does not. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Sean is focusing on the ancillary purpose it, rather really than the evolutionary one. You know. 
for most things. I'm sorry. I'm just I saying mean, that this scorpion dick four-breasted woman is from the Mortal Kombat universe, and she is Goro's girlfriend, so... I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that we've all forgotten what the actual primary purpose of boobs is, which is to be there so your cat can step on your, you know, right dead center. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, the four-breasted lady was invented by a cat, so a cat could get, like, all four nips at the same time. Oh, God. Wow. Even that, that just makes me uncomfortable. No, I mean, yeah, I, I can see where that would actually hit. But no, this this was still a 12-year-old boy's dream. It really was. I mean, it is. It yeah, is. This whole... Whoa, what if a girl had four boobs? And what if, what if it, like, was a tentacle thing, dude, that looked like from Little Shop of Horrors? What was that? It's... it's... I don't know. It's awful. It was horrifying. What was it even for? I mean, I was it so was confused. yet another like, Star Wars ripoff. It was like the trash compactor thing, but done really, really poorly. It's just yeah. a thing with tentacles, and then it had a, you know Audrey's head and a big gaping mouth, <laughs> um, and it should have sang, and it didn't. And then it just died. It's supposed like it would take twenty men to kill this thing. Well, you know, Luke Skywalker handled that in about fifteen seconds. I mean, we didn't even have time for the music to ramp up before that thing was just dead. If that thing had sung, this movie would have been so much better. If this were a musical, it would be much better. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey, gang, let's write a musical. <laughs> it, with different people who can actually no, just, sing. Just imagine, like, the nice lady who, who spends all the time shirtless because the director was a creep. She could just sing a, a song about all she how all she really wants is a shirt. I'm just, I'm just imagining it. I'm nausea and I want a shirt. I'm Zeg and I say no. Please, no, please, no. You should see him I'm right Kane now. I'm Kane and should... I'm here to cause trouble. I don't really care, but I do. Somehow, like, Kane had an arc, but I missed it entirely. Like, you just, like, at the end, he's like, oh, wait, no. I, I, they, they're called, he's supposedly this holy warrior called Homerak. Which is Wait, which I was just like, what the which is fire sale or in Jedi. Spanish an Oberac right. because that's what is translated into Spanish as so. Oberac, and basically <laughs> you know fire sale Jedi gets his his uh, faith restored after doing nothing he wasn't planning to do already, which is basically kill people and be a dick, <laughs> and then he's gonna go forth and you know achieve holy victory and like okay, but I mean what was holy about this? There's nothing holy about this film. Nothing well, sacred. he put some holes in people, so I guess there's that. Oh, boom, boom. Did he though? Did I mean, he? Not... I didn't see okay, it. Okay, well, yeah, he those cut swords some didn't actually off. land. Well, there was there was <laughs> yeah. an arm that got cut off, but honestly, it, it looked very, very, um, very bad. Special effects. It wasn't very, very, very Spencer's. Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't know if the choreography is the choreography a dislike for someone. Yes. Okay, never mind. I will come back to it then with my factoid about that when we get I mean there. the problem is like when we get to when we get to dislikes like it's, it's a list. honestly so hard to come up with like a like a specific one <laughs> to just hone in on cuz the entire thing is so awful. I mean, I, I, at least we get to group it into themes. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Right. Let's get to dislikes now. So Mike, give us your your dislike. I mean, I've mentioned it, but it's just like just the rampant fucking misogyny of it all. It's just like <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, you got, you know, everybody's running to the well it's when, when the, the warriors are killed. Hey, we actually get water. But apparently only men are excited about getting water. Women are like, oh, my gosh, we get to dance naked. And they just sort of dance on the posts around the well. Like the, the sorceress, okay, like she's kept pretty much naked except for a thong and some like really random drapery that doesn't cover anything. And I thought finally when she was rescued... And then she was handed off and used as a tool and rescued again. I thought, maybe she'll finally get clothes. But no. As a high priestess of this religion where the homeracks do their thing, she still don't get clothes. Like, it, it just... And, and two women, and one being the four-pack scorpion dick, and the other, just some poor soul, just die for the entertainment of the men around them. Can we stop? This is, like, the worst. This was, like, the most bald-faced... And they made decent movies in the 80s. They did they thoughtful, did. interesting movies. I mean, you're only one year away from Return of the Jedi and maybe, what, two to three years in the other direction for Highlander, which if you want to talk about actual sword fights, you know. Better. Better. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is also the era when uh, Grace Jones is in Conan. Exactly. You know, you could have done better. You And this is just like, no, 
No, we found the lowest common denominator and then we dug deeper. We dug lower. So I just, like, I'm angry. The movie made me angry just on that point. And then the actual artistic horrors are another thing. It is really kind of gross. Like, I don't mind nudity in a movie. You know, I enjoy it. It's fine. But, like, this is so much. It's so much nudity in a, but in not, in, like, none of it's tasteful. None of it is, like, there's no sexy scene, no. really. Like, the closest we get is the four-breasted scorpion dick person. But, like, that's not, re- it's not really, by that point, it's not sexy. It's just kind of slightly uncomfortable. You're just waiting for something bad to happen, and it does. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty much what that's all set up that for. That poor woman gets choked for no reason. I think the like... most clothed woman we see is technically the woman who gets murdered at the beginning with her baby, which we promptly forget about. She's just, her baby's still technically alive. <laughs> I, I I don't even remember that. So yeah, you. Uh, no, I remember that, and but then yeah, it never came back. Yeah, and our hero just like ignores it. <laughs> they just he just ganked a, ganked a mom and left the baby to burn to death in the sun. Well, let me rephrase that because nobody gets a sunburn in this fucking universe. Because if so, is that why the women dance? Is because like they want them to throw water on their their breasts? Be like, oh. I mean, that doesn't help. That still doesn't help. God, just the amount of, like, like, booby sunburn, like, sunburn on your nips, man. Like, ooh. There's a mm -mm, reason we invented, mm -mm. we invented things to wear. Because after a while, you start to realize, like, gosh, all of us just keep getting our, our, our chests and all, we're just getting red and burnt and it hurts. Maybe we should put something over it to stop it. Oh my goodness, look at this sexy shawl I came up with. Great, we're going to go to Walmart and buy more. Like, that's that's literally the trajectory of mankind. So, it's, it's just bizarre. That's not it's bad. It's so ridiculous. No, it, it <laughs> Thank just, you. It, it, there, there was so much there that just, I mean. Yeah, and Kane in his exceptionally sexy poncho. I mean, I just loved every time he was, like, going to do combat, he was like, I'm going to sweep my poncho out of the way to show off, like, my array of throwing knives. It's his, it's his exact same costume from another movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> they just took it from another movie he was in. That would explain why it, like, did not thematically go with anything anyone else was fucking wearing. Like, no. Not at all. Like, yeah. there were a lot of, like, fantasy robes, but he was the only dude in a poncho, and I was just like, uh, that's kind of weird, but okay. I mean, at least, at least Keith was mostly shirtless the entire movie. It didn't quite even out, but at least we got that. We'll always have Keith. Delicious Keith. We will always have Keith. And his fantastic, fantastic, well-conditioned hair. Yeah. Very well-conditioned for his, his time. Yeah. It's but I completely agree, Mike. This is, I mean, this is... <laughs> horrifically sexist oh. it's so it's it, it this actually might be the most sexist movie we've seen maybe it's pretty up there if i mean yeah. i'm trying to decide if it's actually grosser than baby geniuses it's not and the reason yeah, the baby geniuses has like the added like baby oogie factor that's really super yeah. gross and also the baby who makes like a sex joke with another baby yeah and that but but it's like up there it's a... with Mike doesn't understand. So oh, when we watch just, this movie, mm. it it's meant for kids. And there's a moment when, like, they, I can't remember what the joke is, but it's it's like a really overt sex joke that a baby makes to another baby. And I just stopped and went, holy shit. This movie is seriously having these kinds of jokes in a film for kids. It's almost as bad as the pre-edited version of show dogs which i actually saw before they fucking edited that thing in the theaters when all the people went yeah you're basically grooming children to be okay with molestation yeah also a movie what? for kids uh this is the second time i'm gonna tell this story and i'm just gonna tell oh you my that. god i have not even heard of it. what the fuck movie is this show dogs so show dogs before it was edited and resubmitted in theaters had a so the the premise of show dogs very br briefly it's a rottweiler who's like rough and tumble street dog who like works for the police basically and he's like a, a dog police and he gets paired up with another police officer and they're supposed to go to one of those show dog competitions in order to infiltrate it to find someone who's doing something illegal whatever right and so he has to get trained how to be a show dog because he, that's not who he is he's from the hood right and so he's like you know really rough and tumble kind of dog and there's a moment when he is being trained because there's a thing that they do in show dogging what i don't understand this where they put their their hand underneath like the genitals of the dog 
right? I don't understand what this is for. I know nothing about show dogs, but it's a thing that they do. They like feel underneath there. And so there's a scene when the dog is being trained and he's basically being told, go to like a happy place while this person puts their hands on his, his nuts. Despite the fact that before that he, he bit the person because he was like, don't touch me there. That's not acceptable. They included this scene of him basically being told, conditioned not to, not to get upset by this so that he could do it at the actual show, which he then doesn't do. Then he then does. And they got understandably a lot of flack for this because it's super fucking gross in a movie for children. And so they removed it. But I saw the version in theater where that wasn't removed and it was really uncomfortable. And I'm guessing it is not in any DVD Blu-ray version of the film which good on them for removing it, but it never should have been filmed. It should it's, never it's should have nasty. been. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I think we just, we be, the existence of all of that, the baby geniuses, the show dogs, the, the, we need more diverse people than, you know, emotionally stunted white dudes making movies. I agree. Yes. Good God. We also oh. maybe need some people who, I don't know, can maybe think outside of themselves a bit more about, what what they're doing like i don't know someone definitely in this film should have stopped and said okay bro like you've had 87 breast shots at this point you do not need 360 more like let's maybe tap it at 75 <laughs> like we don't need any more than this we're cutting you can, off can we just yeah. give these people a, a cloak a, a shawl a, 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 a napkin from the commissary you know i mean a poncho that would have been great more ponchos. Wouldn't it have been cool, at least at the end, if he brought in, like, a fuck ton of ponchos and just gave all the women ponchos, and they're just, like, a bunch of women running around going, gosh, this feels so good, my breasts don't burn anymore. That actually would have been, <laughs> you know, mildly redeeming for certain aspects of it, honestly, but no, no, no. 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 Anyway, alright, well, let's go to Alex, what's your dislike? Oh my god, the execrable fight <laughs> choreography is just... It, it, it's like if you gave me a sword and no rehearsal and told me to go have a sword fight. That That's the level it fucking was at. It was so bad. I mean, there's there's this one scene where he's like fighting someone and then a guy comes at him and you can tell he's supposed to do like this cool move where he like grabs the guy's arm and like is holding it and doing something with it and he just sort of like fumbles for it and and that's the shot they kept so <laughs> i you know i don't know if we just everything was one shot or or what but it was just so bad and wasn't this the dude from kung fu i mean this is somebody who should have known a little bit more so i'm wondering if mr carradine was just not at his best in that moment maybe he was Drunk, drunk, high. Um, I I think Sean may have something to say about this. Like maybe he couldn't see because like the the sheen of boob sweat was like reflecting so badly he couldn't see anything. (laughs) Just everywhere. Well, let me tell you a story. (laughs) Tell me a story, Sean. (laughs) So David Carradine, in a book about his life, talked about this movie, and one of the things that he said about this movie. Is one, the reason why he had to fight with the wrong hand, because he was not, in fact, left-handed, he's right-handed, is that he busted his hand, and it may have occurred before shootings began. Oh, is that is that why he always had, like, the glove on his right hand? Yeah, he broke his hand because he was with, like, his girlfriend or fiance or whatever and punched a wall. I don't know the context in which he punched the wall, because he doesn't say. But he punched the wall, and he broke. His, he basically broke some fingers in his hand, so he had to wear that glove all the time because he couldn't. So he had to train with the arm that is not as dominant. Okay. But, wait for it, because then he shoots himself with the foot, because he also says that he was really excited for people to see this film, even though he agrees it's not a good film, but because he was very proud of the choreography because of the fight style that he helped develop for the movie. I shit you not, this is something that David Carradine said. There was a style? He literally just, like, wow. kicked people in the booty with cute little booty kicks in the middle of this fight scene. He would, like, parry them, they would slow walk forward, and then he would just kick them in the booty as they walked by, and then they would splay out. Uh, like, this was, like, the... <laughs> it's bad. I don't know what David was doing, thinking, or on, but okay. I, I mean, and like, to I can I can feel sympathy for like no doubt what were their their massive budget limitations for special effects during the fight to scenes, say the least. which is why his his move every time was like 
you know, other than the the clumsy sword parries, which were not great, was like, and now I'm going to, like, whack you in the stomach with my sword and we're going to pretend I disemboweled you and you fall over. That was, like, the move every fucking time. I have seen so much better sword combat from, like, the knights in the joust at the Ren Fair. A couple of ketchup packets actually could have helped some of it. There, there's, yeah. But it's two distinct problems. One, yes, seriously, toddlers with better knives could have done more damage. Second, they, the special effects are such where they couldn't actually afford to have spatter. They couldn't actually fill a baggie with cranberry juice, strap it to some guy's gut, and just have it burst as, as David Carradine, with his magic sword style in his wrong hand, sort of brushed it against his gut. I mean, the the thing that makes it extra hilarious is, um, since I had, like, a free day today, I actually went and watched a good movie. So, before I came home and watched this movie, I went and saw The Protégé. Nice. With Maggie Q. <laughs> you know, and, and that one has, like, a, a slight suspension of disbelief problem, because it wants me to believe that, that Michael Keaton could, like, fight Maggie Q to a standstill, which I do not buy. But still, like, the action is very good. And then I watched this fucking movie like half an hour later. I mean, there is a thing to be said that fight choreography in the present has increased substantially from where it was even in the 80s. And that's just because they're spending oh, yeah. more money on it, right? They, they put more money into the, the fight choreography. This, they definitely didn't put money into it. And I'm going to go out on a limb and assume here that almost anything Anthony DeLongas did here did not show up on screen. Because... He is actually a fight choreographer. He does actually do stunt work. He's a professional. And I don't buy that the scenes that we have shot here are entirely his fault. I think this is the director not doing fuck all about how to do any of this. He wanted to do like a really cool samurai fight scene, but he doesn't know how to shoot a samurai fight scene. And so instead of just admitting that and say, well, why don't we do some like really good shots where maybe like you, you mess with the shots a little bit so that it you don't see the, the, the lack of viscera. He didn't do that. He just has like a whole fight scene where it's like two shots that he does, like where it's so blatantly obvious that he's hit them in the stomach, but he also hasn't done anything real. We're supposed to just imagine it. I also want to do a shout out to the amazing scene where Zeg and... Balsack are like bringing their armies together. Right, they're going, ah! <laughs> like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, two gangs of, of elementary school kids, like, you know, how they'll sort of face off against in the schoolyard and and they don't want to actually throw a punch because somebody could actually get hurt. But they don't like each other. And they formed a little clique and they kind of move back and forth. This thing was like that, except you had grown men basically like. <laughs> Tending they wanted a fight, but not really. It was the stupidest, weirdest, strangest scene that I've seen in quite a while. It still didn't make me good. I didn't, you know, I saw something new out of this film, but it it didn't make me feel good that I saw it. No. No. It's not very good. It's really just like a screaming match of like who can flex the most. Yes, it's like flexing, but 1984 bad movie style flexing. Yeah, it's sort of like if white people discovered the haka from Maori culture and totally misinterpreted what it's for. <laughs> yeah, kinda. It's it's real bad. And then and oh god, what was the other thing? Like, you know, after they kind of like are, you know, nobody actually wants to attack the other because they're like, oh god, then we'll have a an actual fight and it'll be bad. Then like Zeg and Balsack are like face to face and they're just kind of like, I'll fight you later or Truth? whatever. And then they, they run off. The slavers come, and so they they declare a truce at that moment because they don't want to they don't want to fight the slavers. Which ironically, is again gets to my point it made at the very beginning. If they just join forces, they don't have to worry about the fucking slavers. And there seems to be enough water to go around, like it's a well. And even when you take stones out of the well, it magically fills up again later when you put the stones back. Which I, strange. I'm not it's, sure. It's not how wells work, but I, I yeah, I don't actually know that you know that hydrology does that. But uh, I no, no, you would know that, Alex. It, it it actually honestly a thing that bothered me was that um the the wa- the water level in the well was actually a significantly above the ground level, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen a well like that. <laughs> it really all it exists for is to have that scene right where they're all ferrying the water as quickly as possible yeah, from yeah, the and, well. Well, and, and the and the ladies are dancing because they're happy that there's water to cool their <laughs> cool their tatas. It's fine. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Just imagine if you actually, like, took the elements of this film and had to, like, flesh it out into an actual world. Like, there would just be mythologies about, like, the glorious, like, titty sprinkling. Like, that would be the world we live in. <laughs> and there, there's your introductory song, folks, by the way. I want that written as sort of the prologue. <laughs> titty sprinkling. <laughs> well, they, they, they can talk about the good the times. Good time. the, the, the times. The times when women had Before clothes, the empire. Before the dark times came. <laughs> and then you can, you know, segue into other things. You know, definitely, I want a little phantom in there. You know, I would... Yeah. Just like the film, the music should not make thematic sense in our musical of this. Precisely. I mean, just, I want you to imagine the amazing duet between Ballsack and his lizard puppet. Yes. But it's not just, it's going to be a love triangle. It'll be Ballsack, the lizard puppet, and Zeg. And they, and the song will be like a trio, right? They'll all sing together. There there was, there was some, mm, yeah, when they were declaring the truth. There was some stuff. I mean, you know, and Ballsack, again, you know. Sadly, an older, overweight man basically forced to wear diapers for half the film. And then a moo-moo the cl- for the other half. His costumes were not... <laughs> his costumes were not flattering, which is sad. Because you can you can dress people of size so that we look good. It's it's possible. Like, how did Balsack get people to follow him when he's basically sitting there petting his anthropomorphic lizard friend all day? How are you... If I'm looking at the two guys who are vying for control here... One is a, is a large, corpulent man in diapers petting a anthropomorphic lizard person. The other is a fit person who seems to know how to use a sword and controls the water in town. I'm I'm thinking that there's choices to be made there. I'm just like just so mad about like I'm still stuck on this word homerack because it just sounds like I'm something I'm gonna go buy from Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> like I mean, or IKEA. Yeah, <laughs> either one. <laughs> you know, the homerack table is actually very attractive. <laughs> I, I was looking at that the other day, you know. It's fall fall collection with, with the with the umlaut side chairs. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> a good a good addition to anybody's dining room. Precisely. Can we talk briefly about the fact that Zeg is supposed to be like this this leader worth following, and yet he is like dumb as a bag of rocks. Is anyone in this movie not? Like, well, I guess technically Kane's not, but only because he's he's going up against guys that, that have... That fire is low, like, man. He, well, he, is he, though? He pits them all against each other, and he sneaks through windows. It's the most, like, transparent, like, like, a six-year-old would, you know, pit his parents against each well, other. Well, I'm not saying like... it's hard for him. <laughs> I think the fact that it's all quite easy kind of bolsters my point, that he's, like, the smartest one of the lot. Oh god, it really sad. is. Well, I'm not saying it's a very big difference. Like <laughs> that—that's like the equivalent, like lower end Jedi mind tricks. Is I'm going to find the only two people in the world dumber than me, right. and I'm going to get them to fight. I mean, he catches on to the plot that Balsack is doing. Catches on to the plot? You mean he—he he just like pauses outside the door while where Balsack <laughs> is telling his lizard, "Oh, and then I'm going to murder him and take all of my Terex." He back. catches on multiple plots, right? He catches Balsack's plot. <laughs> Which is like, I'm going to kill him afterwards and take all the money back, which, okay. And then he catches Balsack's <laughs> other plot, which is that he poisoned all of the, the like, slaver dog people. I thought that one was actually pretty clever of Balsack, Oh no, it was. Honest. It was clever. I, I'm, I'm still not sure how Kane caught him. But then he had to go and explain it into to everybody in true classic evil villain. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Why don't, you know, it's like the only exposition you get in the film is at the wrong time. But all I'm saying is Kane, David Carradine, does catch on to these various plots and then spends a lot of time parkouring through all of the little windows in the place, finding Naja at one point and rescuing her sort of kind of from a giant tentacle monster that exists underneath <sighs> the stair and which is impossible to destroy. And yet he kills it with one blow, even though that blow couldn't possibly have killed it. Right. There's a lot going on in this movie. We, we have not even touched the surface. Of all the just fucking weird fantasy shit that they just shoved in this movie. There's tentacle monsters, scorpion dick, four-breasted people. There's a fucking talking lizard. There's uh, slavers that look like dog monsters. There's, like, the two fools who, like, have giant noses and are not quite regular human. And run around going, <laughs> all the time. Like, there's a lot going on. And, not, and that is, is definitely a dislike because that gets anti-Semitic yeah. really fast. 
Yeah, it gets, it felt really anti-Semitic and it also felt um, kind of like ableist because I think they were supposed to be like. Are they just deformed? I don't know, yeah, but it's so. like, it's just horrifying and just not, not great at all. It's like, this is, and honestly, if you are a leader and you have folks like this as your lackeys, I mean, you know, can we put a professional front on this? I mean, yeah. like, instead they're just giggling like maniacs and just, ah, oh, it was so weird. So, 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 so weird. It's cartoonish, but yeah. it's not explained in any way that makes sense. No. It, which is to say, not explained at all. The actual script is probably only about 15 pages long. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's just like... And, 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 and like, at least half of those pages just say boobs. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Because none of this movie makes any sense. Why are they fighting over the well? I didn't even know that they were fighting over the well at the beginning. I thought that he was already inside the castle and then realized, no, he was like in the courtyard where the well... Well, then why wouldn't you build a wall around the well to keep the other people from getting the well? This makes no sense. Right. If you have control over that piece of dirt where the well is, just build it a wall instead of having yeah. six semi-competent guards who basically range in accent from high fantasy to surfer dude <laughs> telling you to get lost. Or or if you really wanted to get to the well, you could just dig like I'm sure Alex you under, you would know this, but like you could like dig to the the water table, right? Like from another angle. Yeah. Well, I mean the thing is if if there is a productive well right there, you should be able to sink another well anywhere around. So why don't they just dig? Like this whole That's thing is pointless. Qu- Look, and I just want to note my personal offense that like the centerpiece of the the first act was this well, and at no point did anyone say well, well, well. I mean that that would have been an improvement in the. Of script. course, we can't have any puns in this fucking. That would movie. have been an actual improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, okay. I need to get my dislike. <laughs> yeah, you actually need to do your dislike. <laughs> so look, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that I dislike because you basically dislike anything from this film. But the thing that I'm gonna list now is. A thing that just annoys the shit out of me, which is the really cheap, terrible, awful lizard person puppet. Because I got excited when I saw that there was like a lizard person that he was talking to. And I was like, oh my god, he's talking to like a lizard thing. That's so cool. Until I saw close-ups of the lizard thing and realized it's just like static and stays and bar- and like someone's just off camera going tick, tick, tick. And kind of moving the backside to make it look like it's moving. It is so low rent. You actually would have been better off making a lizard sock puppet than this shit. Whatever they spent on this, you could have made a better puppet. You could have just put an iguana on his shoulder, you know? Fuck yes. Oh my god, that would have been so much better. Put a fucking iguana on him. That'd be cool. He's talking to a fucking iguana. And like, no, and just don't even have the noises. Just have him talk to the iguana. Nobody knows if he's fucking crazy. He's just talking to this goddamn iguana that he has for no inex- for no fucking reason. You could have improved both characters with one Immediately. iguana. It would have made it intriguing. You'd be like, why is this guy in this fucking diaper talking to a fucking iguana? What's going on? I actually did find it charming when the lizard got kidnapped so that they could exchange it for the the sorceress. And then when they, when they did the prisoner exchange, the lizard was basically dressed in the same moo-moo that Balsack was dressed in. I thought that was actually And let's be clear, cute. the lizard creature had more clothes than every other woman in this film. That's true. And the lizard yes. is a woman. Oh, it, I did not yeah, realize yeah. that. They refer to her as she. Numerous times. Wow! So she got all all of the cloth, the like the wow. entire cloth allotment for all the women. And she's tiny because she's a lizard and she don't have tits. Good for her. Which is weird. Of all the ones who might need clothes, she's the one that least needs them because lizards and right. sun kind of go hand would, in hand. You know, clothes are actually a detriment at that point. Should have just been an iguana. Yeah, it's just waste. I would have settled for a gecko. Any kind of lizard, like a monitor lizard, any kind of large lizard creature. The could... monster could have been fun. Komodo dragon. Well, I mean, they probably didn't probably didn't want to have. No, that they couldn't around. afford it. I mean, they could they could have barely they could have barely afford anything on this film. Everything seemed to but be. But a fucking iguana! It's fucking Argentina where they made this movie. It's not that hard to get a fucking what? iguana in Argentina. Yeah, they were in Buenos Aires when they made this movie. That's where this was filmed. I mean, I'm I'm sure. Argentina's got a film industry that they probably borrowed everything from. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but to be fair, this isn't Argentina's fault. No, at all. In, in we are not saying no, 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 no. We do not blame fault. you, Argentina. <laughs> Argentina, I'm sure, has no, disavowed no, 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 this no. film at this point. No, we didn't make it here. That that was that was fucking Romania. It was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like getting an iguana in Argentina would not have been that fucking hard. No, not at all. Not at all. In any case, that's my dislike. All right. Is I just, I just, if you're gonna do a puppet, make it good. Otherwise, yeah. fuck off into the sun. As everybody involved in this should have, except for the poor women who obviously, I don't know. I mean, it was a paycheck, so... so yeah, I was going to say, so they paid, they paid their, their rent. rent. Good for them. <laughs> this brings us to the end, which means we need to get to final thoughts and a grade. And Mike, since you are our guest, you get to go first. What are your final thoughts and your grade for this movie? I mean, this movie made me feel all kinds of things except what we would normally call positive emotions. Anger, frustration, disbelief, wonder, but kind of that kind of wonder as in what the actual hell you were thinking. I never want to see it again. I will try to purge it from my memory. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen a few films with you guys that have been highly questionable. You know, we did some Crawl, we did some Highlander 2. The, the, I, I don't know if I have a grade low enough. Like, on a scale of 1 to 100, it's got like a negative 4. It has failed in every single way. It is not worthy of the celluloid it was actually printed on. The people who made this should feel immense, lifelong personal shame. Well, some of them can't because they're dead. <laughs> I, their ghosts are haunting. Can I make that my like? Thank God some of these people are dead. Um, that's the like. So. <laughs> so yes, final grade is is the the ninth circle of hell. Lowest, it's F minus. F minus is the F lowest. F minus to the fifth power. Well, Alex, it now comes to you. What is your final thoughts and grade? I mean, I spent most of the movie like bored and confused and just like. It's a misogynistic train wreck. It made me think about such things as, why is the water level higher than the land level? <laughs> what is sunburden on your nipples like? Probably really unpleasant. It, it made me have, like, a deep consideration of of um, somebody's breast uh, uh, prosthetic for, for the lady with the four boobs. I mean, really, it just had <laughs> you it had all. had to look for something. <laughs> You know, you just you just had to, to cling to what you could find. So I would say that this movie is definitely worse than Nipple Sunburn. And I am also going to give it an F minus. Well, I think all of that is fully justified, Alex. As for myself, look, I'm just going to say in a very clear and direct manner. Don't watch this movie. If you need an, a reason to technically legally torture someone, you might use this movie. But I still would not recommend that even on my worst enemy. Because this movie is t terrible in almost every way. It is deeply misogynistic in a way that is not interesting. <laughs> which I don't know how that's possible, but somehow this film is also not capable of misogynistic yet yeah it's just not good it's Oof. not there's nothing going it's on painful. here that's worthy the most banal sort of it's the most banal sort of misogyny i think we've seen to be honest doesn't even address it it's just kind of like is yeah 100 percent. yeah so what it comes down to is don't watch this movie uh unless you're doing a podcast like this and then don't watch it anyway and this makeup because honestly you can make up whatever you thought because yeah. Fucking who knows. Uh, like, all you have to do is, is mention the lady with four boobs, and everyone will be like, okay, yeah, that's on the poster, sure, Yeah, sounds makes right. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And David Carradine definitely has, like, a whole lot of pec muscles going on, and yeah, 100%. Honestly, sex icon of the 1980s, right, folks? That hair, too. He just put the... No, I can't... I was, I was gonna try to make a poncho joke, and I just... I, I lost it, sorry. He put the O in Poncho. Is that what you're going with? <laughs> wow. Wow. We went there. Oh. That's that's why people listen to this podcast. Okay. Yes. It's an F minus. Yes. I hate this movie. Oh, boy. 
Easy average. Easy F-minus. average. F minus. Basically, it might be the lowest rated film ever. It's so bad. It's so it's horrible. Just, it's trash. Like you're seriously garbage. Buster. We watched it, so you don't have to ever. Okay, let's close the show up. Well, thanks everybody for being here for Torture Cinema. As always, we have a special guest, and so Mike, if you'd be so kind, where can folks find your stuffs and things? You can find my stuffs and things. So the Daedalus trilogy, hard to believe that in a couple of years, the first book's going to be like 10 years old. Um, that trilogy is out on Amazon and Audible. Uh, the Majestic 12 series out on Amazon. And there may be some news with regard to audiobooks soon, actually. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, short story collection available Kindle only for 99 cents. That's kind of neat. I got to write for Paizo. I got to write for Vampire. I did some stuff on my own. And again, I'm on the board of World Builders, so please go to worldbuilders.org. If you don't want to buy my books, take that money and donate it, and then we get to like help feed people and buy masks. So help. That'd be great. And web- websites, Twitters, that kind of stuff? MichaelJMartinez.net, and Twitter is at MikeMartinez72, um, MichaelJMartinez on Facebook. And I need to get a bookstagram, but I don't know. My my Instagram right now is basically like bread, pickles, cottage core. I really want to leave Los Angeles, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Well, folks at home, if you'd like to let us know what you thought about this episode, in case you have some thoughts about this movie that we watched, you can obviously, again, go over to skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. Please do follow us at skiffyandfanty on Twitter and Instagram and get the newsletter at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. And as always, if you like what we, what we do and you want to support this show, you can do a number of different things, including voting for us in Hugo Awards or going to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty and giving us your monies and also giving us five-star reviews on the iTunes. We could use many of those, so please do it or else I will cry. As for me, you can find me at Sean Duke on Twitter, seanduke.net, and also on patreon.com slash thejoyfactory. And... I have been your co-host, Alex. You can find me at Katsudonbury on Twitter. My website is katsudon.net. And I talk about movies and TV over at pittran.com slash alexax. Well, I will just let everybody know, as uh, it is my goal, as always, to end every episode of this show awkwardly. I have scheduled on Monday to have my quadruple breast surgery. And I will be having two extra pectoral muscles added to my torso. Um, I just want you to live your best life, sweetie. Well, I support you. I support you. Look, this is what I've wanted my whole life was was just to have it so that my cat could jump perfectly on all four nipples at exactly and the I same time. And I feel like time. we should clarify that the Patreon money does not go for this. So please contribute. No, no. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That it's, is entirely, entirely it's, different. It's his, pro- it's his project. Uh, it's, it's his self-improvement. Exactly. Alright, folks. And on that note, awkward ending and scene. You're welcome, citizens. You're welcome. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening.